Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the At U2 podcast, talking all things U2, maybe new album news, definitely talking tour dates and tour info on this one and community discussions from the staff of At U2.com. I'm joined once again, we're recording, uh, I'm joined once again and we're recording is a terrible sentence. I'm joined by Matt. Let's finish that one. I'm joined by Matt. Hello, Matt. Help me out here. <laughs> Rescue me. Hi, Chris. <laughs> you want me to take over as host? I did such a good job two weeks ago, didn't I? You did, with the Canadian accent and everything. Uh, and uh, Ross Perry is joining us for the first time, so welcome to the show, Ross. Hello. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And before we get to the question of where and when you got into YouTube, I just want to welcome Brian back to the show. Brian, welcome. Hello. Good to have you back. And so uh, you guys are helping out with the tours department of at YouTube.com, and that's why we've especially why we featured you or wanted to have you on the show, just to chat about that department, I guess, as it were. You guys work down the hall from Matt <laughs> in the front office. <laughs> Visually, <laughs> yes. They're, yeah. they're the, these, they're the madmen in the back that right. are constantly playing U2 concerts live at very loud volumes. If we had a big office, it'd be like they'd be down in the basement somewhere. You would see them scurrying down you know, pulling out old records or something and <laughs> putting it on. And <laughs> yes. With, with like boxes full of CDs yeah. and everything. And just no, lots no. of yelling about which snippet is the right snippet to <laughs> So we'll get to that. But first, Ross, before we go too far, what and where and when did you first get into you 2 the band? <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty much, I guess you could say I'm old school. Um, I got into the band way back in 83, I think, because uh, my first record I got was Under a Blood Red Sky. So that's how I got into them. I wasn't a huge fan right when I got that, but when Unforgettable Fire came out, that's when I became a huge fan. And then I started, then I started buying all the albums that are already out. And once I got Boy, and I listened to the, the first, by the end of the first half of Boy, I was like, this is the greatest band in the world. It was like, I was like blown away. And then you know uh, hardcore ever since nice that's awesome and so yeah. was there a particular song even that you like was like a holy crap moment kind of thing i i, I appreciate you holding back on dropping the f-bomb there i think you almost <laughs> 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 but, but this is a pg show and we'll bleep anything that happens to slip out but uh, anyways was there, a, was there a song that that was like caught your ear yeah uh, out of control yeah out of control Unbelievable! By the end of that first side, I was like, just gone. Yeah, nice. That's very cool. And Ross is Ross is is not mentioning what he did. Was it on the Zoo TV tour, Ross? Oh no, Joshua Tree. If I it was Joshua Tree tour. That's right. It was New York Joshua Tree tour, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so what happened? Um, uh, I got up on stage and played guitar with you two at Madison Square Garden. On nice. Treasure. Yeah. What song did you? Is I'm I, I'm just trying to find this here in tours. at you two dot com. But uh, it was September twenty September twenty ninth, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, we did people get ready. Oh right. Oh okay. Yeah. Nice. So is there? What's the story behind getting on stage? Do you have a? Um, a, there's a kind of a long story, but uh, you know, I went to the show and they started playing the song. It was funny. It, you know, when he took the break and was going to call, you know, anybody play guitar and he took the break and he was looking around, he went to the completely other end of the stage. And I was like, ah, oh, cause I was up close and I, he, he had gone to the other side and I was like, he's going to get someone over there. And then finally he call, came all the way back over and he, it was just, he came right to me and he, I jumped up and the rest was history, I guess. <laughs> nice. And I have known Ross. We met on Wire, didn't we, Ross? Ages ago. Uh, I want. I, I almost want to say, weren't you on Prodigy? Uh, Prodigy, yeah, or CompuServe, or one of those in the in the early nineties. Yeah, it, I does, think, it goes it goes back th that far. It does. Yeah. I think I ran into you first on Prodigy with you know when you were going under Pleaker and all that, right? Oh my gosh! Yes. Wow. That's that's <laughs> from the past. Yeah, and then. Before Snapchat, but after MySpace, or where does that one fit in? It's when it's when you had we had fourteen point four modems is yeah. what we what we were connecting with. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, you know I met Matt through there and probably Wire as well. But then Matt was trying to uh, write a book about fans. And he had interviewed me back then, 
For That's that. right. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Good t- hashtag good times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. That's I, I one of the things I, one of the ideas we topics we had for this show actually is to like just go out and interview all the folks who've been on stage with you two in various points in you two's career anyways. So we'll, if we ever get around to doing that, we'll, we'll have you back on Ross. And we, yeah, we have a couple, I think we have a couple at you tours that have done that. So we could do a podcast along those lines. If you ever wanted to, Chris, I'll, I, I've never had the pleasure, but, but I can certainly re- try to remember who all has. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get to the tour stuff, but before we do that, we're going to dip into the inbox and uh, answer some questions that folks have sent in from the uh, using the hashtag Ask at U two on uh, on the twitters. And so, starting off with at U two runner, <laughs> this is the the classic one. That, can I answer this one? Can I please, please, please? Can I answer this one? <laughs> Matt's been. Why don't you say, let's let's do this Jeopardy style? You say the answer, and then we'll we'll see if people can guess the question. <laughs> okay. The answer to this question is. What is Sleep Like a Baby Tonight? So uh, <laughs> we'll give the chat room just a second here to catch up and, and see. Um, and, and you guys, uh, Ross or Brian, do you have a, 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 an answer before? <laughs> well, I, I would say, well, I don't think there are any songs that I simply cannot stand, but I would. <laughs> oh, yeah. there are some songs that I would skip over if I want to listen to something else. And I think uh, A Man and a Woman is tops on that list. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, what by you two? What and you two GW in the chat room got got it? What by you two? What songs can you simply not stand, no matter how many times you listen? So Ross, how about you? Sound like you had maybe wanted? I got. I have four that I can't stand. That, that, oh my gosh! That I won't. That I don't listen to. Yeah. Uh, first one's "Get on Your Boots." Oh. Hate it. Uh, Playboy Mansion. Hate it. Babyface. Hate it. And then this last one, I think I'll be in the minority on. Hawk Moon. Oh, oh wow. wow. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like the lyrics. And I also, I remember the first time I listened to that, I was, it sounded good to start. I was like, oh, man, this is going to start rocking out. And it, to me, it just feels like it's like building to something that it never gets to. But that's just hmm. me. Interesting. Huh. I don't yeah. know. That's, you might be the first person that I, first fan that I've known that does not you know, that like actively dislikes that song. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I think, and for, for anybody who is about to email us, it's okay to not like a U2 song, even if you're a huge U2 fan. That's right. Just, just breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Deep breath. Yeah. Which I actually forgot about Playboy Mansion. I I think I might have to put that up there too. I'm not a fan of that one. Oh, really? See, I I mean, I, I don't like it as a U2 song. Like it's a weird kind of U2-y song to me, but, or you two song, but um, I do like the song actually. And anyways, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a bigger pop fan, I think maybe than some other folks, not that you can't dislike the album too or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what definitely there's um, the, I, I, I'm not a, I don't hate it as much as Matt does. <laughs> Sleep like a baby is definitely not in my, like, it's one of the ones I would skip from time to time for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think I, a lot of the earlier stuff, actually, Ross, you and I can have a fight afterwards, I guess, about this. <laughs> but a lot of the earliest, I think because I was more of an acting baby, a lot of the earlier stuff just sounds almost too raw and too like unpolished in a sense, um, for my ears, especially just listening around the house or whatever kind of stuff. But that being said, I love listening to like putting on war and listening from start to finish. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. Or what other ones that I just cannot trip through your wires has never been a fun one for me. Oh no, that's fantastic! <laughs> that's an awesome <laughs> song. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you two G or Fabiano says "Sleep Like a Baby" is Matt's song. No one can steal it from him. That's right. That's Matt's it's, song. Yeah, to hate. It, yes. It's like whenever you know, whenever that comes on, I assume like many people that listen to our podcast think of me immediately, which I'm honored by. Yeah. Now, does that also apply? We, we're going a little deep on on Matt's hate of sleep like a baby. Does that also apply to the alternative perspective mix by to Chad Blake on the B side of Songs of Innocence or whatever? Yes, it that's does. just anything to do with. Sleep yes. like a, okay, just thought I'd clarify for in case there's like a <laughs> YouTube at YouTube podcast tours database thing that somebody else is <laughs> putting any <laughs> mentions of this. the song. Yeah, that we do 
to uh, something like that. Anyways, Wild Honey is another one that never. Anyways, I'm just. We're just oh gonna... come on! <laughs> oh, Wild Honey's awesome. <laughs> wow, really? I'm just gonna go through and find other random songs here just to see hear you guys groan. Yeah. July. Fourth of July, you say? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that, that's one that I that I would skip over on Unforgettable Fire. So Matt, we you've mentioned Sleep Like a Bit. Is there any others that you're and Fourth of July? Anything else? Not that I can. I mean, that I can. No, not that I can like actively, you know, think of off the top of my head. I mean, I'm looking at my albums right now, and no, there's. I mean, that's the one that that's that's the one that's my <laughs> by far. I mean, I'm not a huge like man and a woman. I'll skip over to that. That doesn't do anything for me. But yeah. uh, but. No, there's 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 pretty much nothing that I that I <laughs> have such an intense dislike for as <laughs> as sleep like a baby. Nice, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll just move on from there. I'm sure it'll come up again in future episodes. Um, U2GW in the chat room, but previously asked uh, besides Scarlet released in '81, live 2010. Uh, what songs have gone longest between release and first live performance? And Ross, you had a Either research. Or one of you had a guess, and one of you had the research answer. I can't remember which way. Well, can I give my Can I give my guess first? Sure. Yes. Let's hear. All right. Answer. My guess is the Wanderer. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, um, that's a good guess. So, I don't have I don't have a guess. For some reason, when I researched, that one didn't come up. I could be well, wrong. It was Wander- only played the one time in. Um, I don't remember. It was only a couple years ago for the Johnny Cash special. Um, it wasn't actually played on tour, so maybe it doesn't count, but it's still a live performance. So this is a peek into some of the debates, kind of arguments you guys have, right? That's where <laughs> a lot of this is a, yeah. So that, like Zero Opus was released 93. That yes. would have been, I forget when Johnny Cash died. Uh, was it like a tribute thing for around his death kind it of was, thing? It was released in 93 and performed November 2nd, 2005. So 12 years. Okay. Well, then or 22 wrong. years. That's... No, 12 years. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, My no, math is that's not the net. next. That's not okay. the next longest. So, so well, technically, on the question, Scarlet, Scarlet was played one time before the release of October for a BBC radio session. Um, so I don't know if that counts. But between then and when it was played again was twenty some odd, you know, twenty some odd years, nineteen years. No, 30, 29 years? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. We skipped this math is the episode, yes, yes. This is the episode where we learn how bad the At You 2 crew is at math. <laughs> but the, the real answer, the real answer, and I could be wrong. This was just a quick research before we started was, is, and all the, con, all the contenders are non-album tracks, obviously. Right. Which makes sense. The sweetest thing is the next longest. Um, that's 13 years. If you're counting the original release on the B side. Oh, okay. All right. So, right. Yeah. Because yeah, most of us think of the, well, uh, the one that was released with the video and stuff was a sort of like maybe their introduction to the sweetest thing is the, the first time, the, the 20th or the greatest hits album. Yeah. But, anyways, the first time that was played was 2000, the Freedom of Dublin event, I believe. Yes, so that's correct. It was 13 years. There you go. And then, like the next closest one would be Night and Day, the cover, the Cole Porter cover, which was twelve years. But again, these aren't some of these aren't like real official concerts. They're like just you know those one-off appearances, right? But but I think that's what in the spirit of what uh, UTGW asked was you know first live performance. So I think it qualifies. That works. Yeah. Yep. We give sure. it our stamp of approval in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody listens to this thing later anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> the, but that's the kind of stuff just not that we're going there yet but on tours at ut.com is where that kind of stuff would be cataloged right even a sort of a random performance at some event that isn't a u2 concert is oh yeah as well yeah oh yeah for sure so um at sir edward gray asks since u2 songs don't really come to life until they're played live any disappointments for you when a song fails in a live setting 
Matt, you had some thoughts. You just really well, love to hate mail, don't you? <laughs> I do. I'm, I, I really do want lots of nasty emails and stuff. No, you know that when I saw this question, the first thing that I thought of was Electrical Storm because I, I, you know, I like that song, and mm. I wanted, you know, there was all, there was always a lot of buildup for when they would play it live, and then they finally did try it. You know, what four or five times, I think, on the uh, on the 360 tour, and it just never really clicked. It just I don't know. It just they they didn't seem to figure out uh, you know figure out how to how to make that one work live. So that was you yeah, know no, disappointment is the word, but um, you know that that that's one for me that I wish they had figured out and you know been able to play more. How about you guys, Brian or Ross? Anybody have a? I actually felt similarly about the um, every breaking wave, but when it was performed at the end of 360, I remember feeling like, "Hey, this is going to be fantastic." There's a new song, and then hearing it and just kind of feeling like I, I like it just felt bland. So I was really happy, of course, then when they broke it out in that cool piano solo version for uh, the Innocence and Experience tour. I felt much better about it at that point. But man, I was really, really disappointed by all. Really, all the new songs that they tested out at the end of at, during 360. Not only that, but I guess North Star and and Glastonbury. I was expecting a lot more, and I didn't really get it. <laughs> Interesting. How about you, Ross? Uh, I really don't like the "I'll Go Crazy Tonight" remix live. I don't like that at all. I like the original version. Yeah. And then, uh, j- real quick, just you know, like my first show was an Unforgettable Fire concert. And I remember being really disappointed in the song Unforgettable Fire played live. I was really disappointed in that. And, but it's grown on me, the live version, over the years. I like it now, but I didn't. That first time I heard it, I was like really disappointed the way it was played. Hmm. Interesting. Anybody in the chat room have. Uh, let me see. No. Yeah, yeah GW. Yeah, G- GW mentioned Miracle Drug, which, as I just commented back to him, I thought Miracle Drug was fantastic on the Vertigo tour, but they didn't figure it out. They try, you know, they tried a new version on this most recent tour, and it didn't quite, you know, that that also didn't quite click. And so I think they dropped that after like two or three performances. So, yeah, I always found, and this will probably be, I'm sure, maybe some angry hate mail or whatever, but City of Blinding Lights never really translated live to have the same it feels like to me on the record it feels like it's going to be like the where the streets have no name kind of impact live and for some reason it didn't ever feel like it had the um i want to say like surround sound but like the the depth or the something to it that uh i was kind of hoping it would have when it was actually played live it felt a little flatter to me than the album version which again like what uh what in the original question you know often you two songs become even better live than they are on the disc, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you hate mail over that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already blocked your address. So. Sorry, Ross. You're gonna say. <laughs> on that same note, I mean, there's songs that you know I like, you know, you know a little bit, but you know, in the live section, when they play them live, I, I think they're fantastic. Like Vertigo is not like an all time favorite of mine, but the live version of Vertigo is just yeah, awesome. yeah, definitely stuff like that. There's a lot of songs that like. You know, tons just, of songs, yeah. T- well, yeah, but that are ten times better live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to agree. Maybe I don't know if it's musically or whatever, but Vertigo was one too for me too. That was like it just has more energy, and even just the intro, which is like just that simple octave, you know, alternating thing. I forget who did the. Was it YouTube uh, Brother or somebody had the walk? Or no, that's Elevation. I'm thinking of. Sorry. Anyways, but that, the songs like that, where the, yeah, the energy in the room just kind of like fills, even if the song isn't that there's not that much complicated stuff going on with the song, or whatever. The, just the live energy in the room when it starts playing is is hard not to be kind of infectious and get drawn into. Um, all right. Next question is at SPPS Arnold asks uh, any news on a release of the Paris concert on disc or digitally or anything besides illegal methods, Matt. Did you? Did you guys see this? The there was I think there were like tweets or something or Instagram posts about it. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw. I that. saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- so apparently, some guy that was working on like mixing or creating the DVD or something like that. I didn't quite understand exactly what his job was, but he put a picture on Instagram saying that he, you know, here's a photo of me when I was working on the you know U2's Paris DVD and blah blah blah, and then. 
I think one of the, I think it was U2 Brazil or Argentina, one of the South American sites got in touch with the guy and he said that the DVD is done and um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, no, he didn't have any any information on when it was going to be released or anything like that, but it sounds like... I think he said release imminent and that was about it. Right, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, so clearly there's, there is something that has been put together, so... um, Awesome. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, he said, I think the exact, uh, whatever it was, tweet or whatever it was, he said it's in the band's hands now. So Right, there you go. I, I, if I had to guess if it is going to be released on DVD slash Blu-ray slash digital slash whatever, um, <laughs> that I'm going to guess that it'll come out in the fall. Because usually that's the time when they release, YouTube releases stuff like that for the holidays and stuff, for gift giving. Yeah. If I had to guess, fourth quarter release. Which sucks to have to wait that long, but. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. It does make sense. Nobody's sitting in, well, we would be, but not a lot of people are sitting inside watching the concerts or whatever. And it's nice to have around winter, cold outside, et cetera. At least where I live. Uh, Next question is, uh, and of course, you know, follow along at youtube.com. You know, we'll definitely post as soon as we hear something, any sort of official release date. Um, At YouTube Wanderer asks, uh, what's been your favorite tour to listen to while preparing the new site? Do you know what what new site? What's 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 he talking about? <laughs> he means the he means the tour site, I would think. Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe there's like the some some other tease going on here that I didn't even know about. Well, I mean, I've I've like I've started working on a new design for at U two, and we have a new logo and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think he's talking about that because I'm not listening to tours, so I it's got to be for. Brian and Ross and about the tour site, all that sort of stuff. So, so what's what are you guys? What's been your favorite <laughs> tour to listen to? Uh, mine's actually been the War Tour uh, for the same reason you said that you felt that earlier albums were a little too raw, but that's why I really enjoyed listening to uh, the War Tour because it's nice to hear uh, them at, at, with a little more youthful energy than than they have now. Not that they don't have youthful energy now, of course. <laughs> Who are you calling old here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, that was really kind of uh, enlightening for me to to really sit down and listen to those shows in in a lot of detail because my you know I, I came to U two relatively late at least compared to to everybody else here. So my whole experience with seeing U two and hearing U two has been from Elevation on. So it was a bit of a different experience, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So that one's my favorite. Ross, how about you? Uh, mine would be the Unforgettable Fire Tour just because the, that was the first show I actually saw. So it just holds a special place for me. So I've always been, you know, leaning towards that as one of my favorite tours. Nice. I think maybe that's, you're right, Brian. That's I, what I should do. Or sorry, what you, you're saying gives me an idea actually is what I need to do is go back and listen to some of the earlier tours, live t- concerts from them. And uh, just because that often is how I've really, like we've talked about many times, fallen love with some of the the album work and uh, and then go back and then really f- sort of love the album listen to the album again some more so um so yeah maybe um we don't have this i don't think in our list but i'll have to maybe have a b a b side to this discussion is uh <laughs> <laughs> which which concerts of the many i'm sure that are out there the recordings etc of the earlier years a fan might want to listen to and, and as, as sort of entry points into the, some of the earlier stuff. So, um, Oh, I'm sure we could definitely give you some good suggestions. Yeah, that, that's a cool <laughs> idea. I like Yeah. That. Luckily there's a database full of tours to figure it out. <laughs> um, Matt, there's this question. I don't know who this is from. Uh, I keep getting through the filter, but at U2com, Sherry asks, when a snippet <laughs> contains the same lyrics as other songs, how do you determine which song is being Snippeted, and this will be a good segue into our roundtable discussion. But yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to answer that? Do you want to hold that until we, we get should... into the to the roundtable, or sure. do you wanna, how do you want to do that? Let's let's hold it, uh, and, and then if we have time, if we're not interrupted, we can get to. So. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll okay. I feel I'm sorry, Sherry. We we tease you, but <laughs> hopefully you'll still come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she'll come back. She, she'll she needs she'll she's a she'll she'll defend herself. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the way you can ask, we'll close the inbox for now, but, uh, the way you can ask questions like those is if you send them in on Twitter, uh, hashtag ask at you too, and we'll collect them and, and answer them on future episodes of the show at this exact moment. It seems like Twitter is actually down. I can't, uh, even alert you to, or at least it's down for a few of us, but 
Yeah, Fabiano, it went down for me. Yeah, Fabiano is listening, and I can see it, but it's I can't link to it right now. But uh, he's he's listening live with uh, Bono and the Edge. Uh, what looks like caricatures, little bobblehead dolls of some sort. Is that from, I don't know where that's from? Um, anyways. You can send in. We love to see pictures of you listening to the podcast, whether it's live as Fabiano is or later, wherever you happen to be in the world. Uh, it's just kind of cool to connect what we're doing here from our basements or wherever we, whatever floor we happen to be on with something going on in the rest of the world. So, um, but yeah, moving on to the roundtable discussion for this episode, we wanted to talk about, of course, the U2 Tours database. And uh, Matt, well, I don't know if you want to lead us into this and sort of take us on where we want to go on this journey here uh sure so we started um you know there's the the, the site itself to, uh, we're, we're referring to tours.atu2.com which has been online i want to say for a year and a half now maybe two years but is actually the newer version of what used to be u2tours.com which is really old, dates back to it's older than one of my children even. It dates back to the year 2000 um, when we launched it. And, uh, you know, originally when it launched uh, at u it was sort of this collective effort of, of myself and some other at U2 people and um, uh, Aaron Sams from U2 Wanderer, which is now U2Songs.com, and he's still involved in the project. And then, you know, a number of other, I would, I would, I would say, I don't know, six or eight different other webmasters. So there was a group of us that sort of came together and said, you know, hey, rather than, you know, all of us sort of repeating the set lists on each of our sites, why don't we just have one site and all work on it together? And so that's kind of sort of how it, the idea started. And, um, and so when, it, you know, like I said, started in 2000 and, um, you know, over time, I mean, that's a long time ago. So over time, you know, some of these web, you know, they got out of the YouTube fandom, they stopped doing their websites. And so it's sort of eventually kind of morphed into mainly just a, an at U2 project with, and Aaron Sams and U2 Wanderer has been involved the whole time, obviously. Um, and so anyway, we just made, we made a decision, um, you know, a little while ago to, uh, few years ago to sort of rather than having two different URLs let's just put the tour site on at you too so it's kind of meshes in with the the regular site and so um that's when we sort of expanded the staff and Ross and Brian and you know eight or ten other folks came on and we sort of you know announced this project where you know we need to go back through all of the data from this because the site was so old, you know, like I said, started in 2000 and we had not updated any of the technology. And so, you know, the way that set lists were entered from the Elevation Tour to the Vertigo Tour to the 360 Tour, et cetera, you know, it just, it was kind of, it was a big mess. Would you agree with that, guys? I mean, we had a ton to do. Uh, I would agree. I wouldn't say it was a big, big mess, but it had, it had, it had work that needed done. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 it so, so like you know like a song like um and if you go to tours.atu2.com slash welcome we I sort of you know wrote a little bit about the history of this and how you know we were just terrible um and we being me <laughs> mainly and 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 Aaron to some degree I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- let him share the blame since he's been working on it since the since the early days um you know we just we were never consistent in how we entered set lists and what we called songs so like you know I still haven't found one I'm looking for you know one of us would enter it as with the full song name then the next person would come in and then that person would just call it I still haven't found then the next person would come in and just call it still haven't found see we, there was just it was just a you know just data wise uh, a big mess so we started this project a few years ago and as i said with Brian and Ross and others came on and um and it's, I mean, it's really been phenomenal in, you know, we launched the site and we said, here it is. And, you know, we're still working on it, but start using it and start looking at it. And, you know, Brian and Ross and a few other people have just been, you know, for the last year, year and a half, have just been heads down listening to tour after tour after tour and show after show after show and comparing what they hear to what we have on the website and updating set lists and adding snippets and fixing this and just all sorts of, you know, just correcting all the data, I guess, um, and adding more data as well. So, like, uh, what have we, Ross, you were, you were do, doing some, some digging into numbers, like a thousand shows we've updated already so far, something like that? 
Yeah, that's just you know a, a rough number that I quickly tried to figure out, and it's not including the t- the tours that we're working on now, which is UTV and Elevation. But besides those, yeah, it's it's well over a thousand shows that we've literally gone through and listened to, and made sure one that the set lists are correct, um, two that all the data, like the date of the show, you know, who is the opening act of the show. Um, the venue of the show, just all the information, making sure it was all 100% correct. And then, you know, making sure the set list is correct and any snippets that were, that we believe were played are entered in. So just a thousand shows at least updated. All of the 1980s are done, right? That's, we, we've got everything up until Zoo TV is all updated and, you know, what we consider basically finished. Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> so before you guys go too far, I wanted I'm curious though for Ross and Brian in particular, what is your background coming like obviously you're you two fans, but like are you like in your real life sort of like database nerds or more like statisticians or just like you know, where did you come from uh, come at this from, I guess is what I'm curious about. Well, I'm a teacher so I don't really have any professional uh, reason to 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 do it, but uh, I I don't know. I like collecting things. I one I uh, started collecting uh, you know bootlegs really that uh, I picked up at. I remember I got my first one at the uh, Valley Forge Rock and Roll Expo. Matt, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. It happened around the Philadelphia area every yeah, year. Yeah, I I know yeah. the name. Yeah, uh-huh. so, uh huh. One hundred two nine MGK always puts it on. And I went there one year with my dad. I got my first uh, YouTube recording. I just started collecting. And um, I just do it because I enjoy listening to you too. And, you know, you run out of, you only have so many albums. So I kind of branched out to find more stuff. Nice. How about you, Ross? Uh, well, you know, I've always been a YouTube nerd. So <clears throat> ever since uh, I realized I was a diehard fan, I started collecting any live recording I could get. So my first live recording I got, my brother actually got me. He was away at college in Boston, and, you know, Boston was back in the 80s, was, you know, great for record stores. So he was able to get me, you know, some U2 bootlegs on vinyl. So <laughs> that's, that's when it all started for me. And ever since then, I've just, you know, collected live shows. So that's what I'm a nerd of. I, I wouldn't say database entry is my favorite <laughs> thing to do, but <laughs> when it oh, comes man. to... When it comes to this, no. When it comes to this, I enjoy it. So, yeah. Ross, I got. I'm. I've been curious. How, how many uh, shows do you have? Like, how many recordings? Oh God, I don't have a number. Oh, okay. I, I have. I have. Well, I can give you. I have one, two, three, three external drives. That's equals oh, like. <laughs> that equals like eight terabytes. So, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Is the in the this is a little bit of a rabbit trail here, Matt. So bring me back in a second. But like the is the day in the, this day digital age is the the sort of the collection aspect has it been lost on us now? Where it's just like well, I'll copy it and give it to you, and you know there isn't that like I remember ordering. I don't remember what show it was, um, but the VHS from some guy from the internet that I ordered a f- one concert that I was like desperate to see of you two and got the, like a VHS copy mailed to me probably over early eBay or, you know, or something, but, and it was like, you know, 40 bucks that I mailed. And so like I had to work and save my money and, you know, nowadays kids these days <laughs> don't have, don't know how lucky they have it in terms of grabbing, you know, old concerts or whatever, obviously, but is a bit of that lost you feel, or do you still, is it still kind of like, even though it's just a, a ones and zeros on your hard drive, is it still kind of the same kind of like hunger to find the stuff Ross? Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, online, you know, sites that deal with this stuff and there's, there's rabid fans out there that do collect all the shows. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I just want to jump in real quick and I just say all this probably, um, you know, would have never gotten started. I just want to give a thanks out to one, probably, you know, the building block of all, of all of these set lists sites and stuff like that is you know pim's youtube live book oh YouTube, yeah youtube live a concert concert documentary is probably the building block of all the all the sites involved and that is just phenomenal phenomenal work and then i also wanted to give thanks to like all the tapers out there 
all the people, even you know, going back to the '80s, people who were taping shows on Walkmans, we would we would never have records of, you know, until yeah. you, until you two decides to open their archives. Because do we think like we? I, I don't know if anybody knows the answer, but like I got the impression that with around Zoo TV, you two started recording everything. But yeah. my, from what I understand, they've recorded every show since the Unforgettable Fire tour. No, oh, okay, it goes that far back. Yeah, I wasn't sure when yeah. they actually got sort of savvy to the tech and you know started doing that. Well, going back to them, they they would would they would definitely record it, and then like when they get to the next venue, they use they would use that recording to play over the venue PA, you know, sort of as a sound check before the show. Right. They used to do that a lot. Huh. I don't know if they still do that, but they, that was back then. But it's, it's, the rumor I heard is that it's always been, they've always recorded since the Unforgettable Fire Tour, every show. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So, um, Matt, I don't know if uh, I'll, I'll ask one more question because I had one in here and then you jump in again. But the – the tech behind what you're actually doing. What I was wondering about is the actual like website tech, I guess a bit of like when we're talking about like you're updating old concerts and stuff like that. Are we, are you going into like a, some sort of weird spreadsheet thing that gets spit out onto the web or I don't know who best to answer this kind of question, but it's, you know, it's all, um, it's, it's all, uh, it's, it's database. It's, you know, it's web software. It's not a a spreadsheet. Although the site actually, the site itself, u2tours.com began with a spreadsheet and was turned into an online database. Um, but when we, when I'm going in and, you know, updating a, a set list as a show is happening and we're, you know, we're following it on, uh, you know, Twitter or Mixler or whatever, or if, um, you know, Brian or Ross or any one of the other crew are going in to update an old set, they're ba- you're, you're basically going into an interface that looks like an online contact form for the most part. You know, it's fields and, you, you know, you choose the song from a drop down and you, you know, you click add and it adds it to the set list. And there's a field where you can write some comments. If you want to write some comments, there's an up, you know, upload photos sort of thing. So it's a, yeah, it's, 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 it's web software is, is what it's, it's, it's a, big online yeah. database and there's there's somebody making a backup of it occasionally right <laughs> <laughs> yes great, no, that's that's... A great question <laughs> <laughs> there's a usb key somewhere with uh, another copy i guess is what i'm asking <laughs> i think it's on a i think it's on a on a, a 256 megabyte flash drive somewhere now. yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you just put the fear of God in me. Yeah. <laughs> the email OWT, which is the company that hosts the site. I'm going to say we're still doing daily backups, aren't we? <laughs> That's what they always say. Backups are only as good until you actually have to use them. So, but anyways, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Now, I've, if if you two tourist goes down tonight, uh, you'll never yeah, hear from me again. Shaking right now. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's. Uh, should we move on to the snippet discussion time? Is that? <laughs> I noticed that's a note in the the doc here, Matt. Is that? Yeah, sure. We yeah we there, we could do that. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead here, but uh, the uh, yeah no. Go ahead. So so yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, let's, we'll get into that. There, there's just I guess just to wrap on on what we've done so far and what Ross was talking about with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that we're it's not just set list it's venues and open acts and all that um we've you know we're also trying to add attendance for every show and whether or not the show was sold out um and then one thing that we've kind of only sort of half put an effort into and I think this will become a focus over time as we get more of the set list finished is is one thing we can do is we can link right next to every song in a in a given show. We, if there's a video of it on YouTube, we can add a link so you can go watch the, sh- the the song right there. If there's you know, and in this day and age, as I think we all know, a lot of entire shows are on YouTube, and so we can embed you know the entire show right on the show page. So you know. In a perfect world, you never need you know you're looking at the set list on on the tour site, and you know you want to go watch the show or watch a specific song. Like everything you need to know about this show is you know as I said, in a perfect world is going to be right on that set list page. Um, you know when we get done. So we're adding a lot more stuff. Set lists uh, are obviously you know sort of the big thing because that's what everybody wants to know. What did they play last night? And so why don't we se- segue into the snippet discussion? Um, at this point, because you know, set lists are a real key thing, and I, and I just want to start by saying, I know, like you know, on Twitter, 
um, you know, when we're all sitting around Twitter and we're listening to the show on Mixler or Periscope or whatever it might be, and there's always, you know, discussions about, you know, did Bono just snippet this or, you know, what was that a snippet of? I, I, there's always, you know, a handful of people are like, you know, who cares? You know, I don't care about the snippets and all this sort of stuff. And I totally, I just want to say, I totally get that. We know that not everyone cares about every little snippet that Bono sings. But we also know that a lot of fans do care about that stuff. Bono's been singing snippets since, what, Ross or Brian, like the Boy or October tour or something like that? 1980. 1980, the first snippet. Was uh, Send in the Clowns? Yes. That we, that we know of. There's that, plenty, right. there's there's plenty of shows back then that we don't have recordings for so. Yeah, exactly. And so so I mean so this is something he's been doing, you know, since almost day 1. So we just, you know, even though we know that not everybody cares about it, we just feel like it's something that is worth chronicling and so um and so that's 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 why we're doing it. So um so you two wanderer asked the question, how do you decide what constitutes a snippet? That was one of the ask at you two questions and mm. I would and 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 Ross, Brian, jump in here. I would say that you know we have some great debates on that, and there's not. I don't. I, I don't think that we have like a specific, you know, a set rule on what is or what's not. It's you know, there's a lot. It's almost like a case by case thing. Like, um, you know, like we like <laughs> like one of the debates. So so all right. So let's talk about shine like stars. Right? Why is that not a snippet? Um, it's not a snippet because it's not a snippet of anything. It's not a song. It's not it's a song, a, right? Yeah. So, so it's not so, a song that you can go like find on an album somewhere and say it came from this particular release or whatever. Yeah. And so, and so, so, so we don't list "Shine Like Stars" as, as a snippet. We don't list things like um, when Bono reads from the books during. Um, you know the IE tour last year uh, when he recited parts of Psalm 116 um, on the Elevation tour. We don't list that stuff as snippets because they're not, you know, technically they're not songs that he's, you know, someone else's songs that he's singing. We do have this thing on the site called tags. So if you scroll down the page, you'll see, um, you know, that we've tagged the set, the show with Shine Like Stars. So you can click and you can see all the shows where Shine Like Stars has been sung. And we're adding it, you know, so it'll say, you know, with or without you, with Shine Like Stars, right? That's how we're listing it now. And so we're indicating that it's there, um, that it was sung, but technically it's not a snippet of another song because there's not any other song that has those lyrics in it. Um, so I don't. So so what are so Ross? You, you want to get into the the deb- one of the debates <laughs> we've been having about like we so so we use Slack now for this these conversations and we have these really fantastic debates about whether something is a snippet or not. And one of them, Chris, did you happen to grab any of the audio? I don't. Sorry, but if you reference it now, I'll I'll put it in and post and and then uh, yeah, we can the the live listeners miss out unfortunately, but the the listeners later will hear it, I guess. So. Yeah, so we so we have some you know just some fantastic uh, debates about um, you know what is a snippet and what is not a snippet, and one of the ones that we really haven't even decided on. Um, Ross, go ahead and, and let's talk about please and Sunday Bloody Sunday. Well, I've I've just always I don't believe I know <laughs> I know um, we had a debate about because um, I believe Brian was doing the Pop Mart tour and. I had noticed when he was done or whatever that there wasn't all these Sunday Bloody Sunday snippets in it during Please. Because at the end of Please, uh, Larry starts pounding out the, the Sunday Bloody Sunday uh, drum beat. And I just... I just think that's a snippet of Sunday Bloody Sunday in almost every performance. But when I try to talk to Matt and Brian about it, they didn't hear it that way. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I think I think I put up some good samples of the album version and the live version, and then two of them mixed together. And I think it it you can hear it now. I think. Yeah, 
I love that we're like this is like mid debate still. That that's what's awesome about this is like the you can hear the <laughs> frustration sort of. And I know exactly. both of you are in like it's all in good fun, but there is still a right and a wrong. <laughs> this is the only one that I'm passionate about. All the other ones that we talk about, if they don't want it, that's fine. But this one, I want. So. <laughs> So so Ross made so so when you put the 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 edit together, Ross made a couple um, you know did a couple MP3s that uh, you know compare the please and study bloody Sunday, and this is the kind of thing that you know maybe we will listen to, and tomorrow we'll decide. All right, Ross or Brian or whoever's updating Popmart, go ahead and list that as a snippet. So we we have these debates. There was um, there was one that. Um, that work. I, I don't know if we even that we decided this one. This is another good sound file that uh, that we can add. It's from the 360 tour. And this and was, it was it was also I think one of the questions from last week as well regarding. Uh, I can't remember who asked it, but one of the. Right, that's right. Yeah, during on the last podcast was that one of the questions was what does Bono, you know, what's he rapping about at the end of Sunday Bloody Sunday, and. Um, and so I think Ross was went and started listening to some of these, and we discover that you know right in the middle of this of this uh, rap that Bono's doing at the end of Sunday, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Bono starts you know shouting and repeating several times "Reboot Yourself," which is a lyric from Unknown Caller. So should we list that as a snippet of Unknown Caller? That's a good question. We haven't decided the answer to that. So that's another one of the audio clips, uh, Chris, that uh, that you can play and let people that are listening to uh, to the podcast after the fact decide if they think that should be a snippet or not. We haven't decided. And do you think with the debate, I'm sure, even goes to the level – I haven't dipped too far into the tour's um, Slack channel just because um, time and things. But um, no, the do you think even Bono knows he's referencing <laughs> – unknown caller there or is that you know what i mean yeah you know and that's i think i think you guys would agree with me i think you know when we're trying to decide what a snippet is or not i think sometimes we do get into you know did he do this on purpose is he intentionally referencing this other song or is it just sort of an accidental thing i mean so, you know sometimes we'll listen and we'll say well he sang these same words or this same line from some other song but it didn't have the same you know the same melody as the other song so we might use that in determining on whether something is a snippet or not i think some of them i think a lot of them are intentional wouldn't you guys agree oh yeah i didn't mean to i i definitely would agree like there's a ton of them, most of them if not all are intentional just that one was just kind of like a funny like where it's like he might not even remember that lyric from that song or whatever but then <laughs> we're all like you know worrying about whether it's a snippet or not which i'm not making i love the this kind of stuff too getting down lost in the weeds as edge would say on uh snippets and and what constitutes this and especially when it comes to data and trying to get it right or whatever too so but we'll we'll definitely insert some of that stuff and and let folks be the judge, I guess, for next <laughs> next podcast. And may, we'll include Ross and and Brian and and of course Matt's Twitter handles so that you can shout at them on Twitter um, later with your response as well. But <laughs> and then G well G W just uh, asked a good question in the chat too about the uh, Zuropa Streets segue on this last tour and right. deciding. What Zuropa was, uh, Brian or Ross? You guys want to uh, discuss? Get into that one. You mean like whether or not it was a snippet or a full song? Right. Well, um, I, if I recall it, he doesn't sing the whole the whole song. He only sings a portion of the lyrics. So, uh, the rule of thumb generally is if the whole song is not sung, or at least the, you know the a significant majority of it, that it's a snippet. So in in that case, it's absolutely a snippet just because he only sings a portion of the song. I, I you know, I would be well going back. If I don't know if anyone remembers, but back before Zuropa came out, like the working title for that song was 
was Babel, Zuropa 1, Zuropa 2. Now, if they kept that, then I would say that's a song performance of Zuropa 2. But <laughs> it's not. So it's just considered Zuropa, and it's just the snippet because it's not the complete song. It's not even the complete half of that song. If you go through the lyrics, it's not even the complete half of Zuropa 2. So. Yeah, and and at the when they started doing that, I remember we weren't. I mean, we weren't even sure how we should list it. So we just decided, well, let's let's call it a snippet for now, and you know, we'll talk about it later after we hear it, you know, five or six more times. And we just, I don't know, we never got to a point where we felt like it was worthy of being listed as its own as its own song. And so people on Twitter would say, well, you know, here's a photo of the printed set list and it's listed as its own song. And well, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that that's how we feel we have to list it. So yeah. Bono does not have the final say on what. That's right. Come on. He, he does not run this darn site. We run it. <laughs> <laughs> Although if he wants to chime in with advice, I'm sure we would love to take it. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. If he wants to chime in and say, yeah, yeah, that's not what I said. I'd be you know, <laughs> happy all, all the more for it. Yeah, what's the, uh, we may have sort of just touched on this, I guess, but like the all-time biggest debate that you guys have or ongoing like confusion over what, what something is being, what's been said or what's going on in a performance, I guess. Is there some of the top ones that come to mind that you're try, still trying to figure out? I don't think there's a real big one. Do you guys think there's one? I, don't, I mean, there's, there's plenty. There's plenty that we... There's a t- yeah, there's a ton of them. There's, there's, I mean, there was one that we were just talking about this past week um, where it was on the Elevation tour, I think. Bono sang at the end of the song, Elevation. Uh, he started singing. You know, he does this, this sort of you know, extemporaneous singing and... You know, he was saying, elevate my soul, elevate my mind, elevate my soul, elevate my mind. And there's a song by the stereo MCs called Elevate My Mind. And, of course, I think, Ross, you pointed out that they actually used the stereo MCs as the intro music, uh, you know, before the show. So clearly, you know, they know who the stereo MCs are and it's, you know, Bono would know this song. So that was one of the more recent ones where, like, should we count this as a snippet because he's singing Elevate My Mind? Do you think he's actually purposely <laughs> referencing this song? So, I mean, there's a million of those things. I got, I got two more real quick. I remember when we first started, I had just, just you know, for my personal pleasure, listened to the National Stadium show from 1980. And I can't remember what song it was. But there's a song in that, if you listen to that whole show, Bono starts saying strobe light, strobe light, like that. And I was like, is that a snippet of the B-52 strobe light? But that's another thing that comes into play where that the B-52's album with the song strobe light hadn't been released yet. It wasn't released mm-hmm. for se- several months after that. But then we were like, had, had he known about that song? You know, So yeah. it's like, it's a balancing act. And then there's a show that I just recently listened to from the Elevation Tour uh, at the beginning of The Fly. Um, Bono, the, most of, he does a mostly improvised speech at the beginning of The Fly, but in this one, he started saying, uh, you got to stand up to sit down. And it was just, it would sounded like uh, unknown, um, uh, stand-up stand comedy. Stand comedy to me. But again, that's 2001. That, was, that song didn't exist yet at least to us. Right. So there's, there's all these weird little things that we have to balance. It's like, you know, that sometimes like something like that, we can't count as a snippet because it doesn't, doesn't exist yet. But yeah. Well, and, and, and related to that too, I remember, I think it was, was it the 360 tour or yeah, it must've been, it, it was the 360 tour. They were playing in, Germany and I think in Berlin and Bono sang or maybe it was the no it must have been the 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 Vertigo tour 2005 in Berlin and Bono sings at and during I think it was City of Blinding Lights he starts to sing Oh Berlin and Oh Berlin and of course there's the B side from 
from the the deluxe version of Octung Baby called a song, you know, U2 song called Oh Berlin or just Berlin or something like that. And I was like, is this a snippet? You know, he sang it in 2005. It wasn't released until 2011. But if it was an unfinished song, it may have been something that they were working on, on in 2005 on that tour, you know, during the sound checks. So, I mean, it's like the, the debates we have are just, <laughs> I mean, I love them. It's fascinating, the stuff that we, you know, that you dive into this stuff. And it's like, should we list this? Should we not list this? It's just, you know. You really do. It's easy to get get uh, stuck in these kind of weeds. Well, that's where uh, maybe this is like uh, Sherry's question from earlier that we were going to leave till is her question was when a snippet contains the same lyrics as other songs, how do you determine which song <laughs> is it the snippet or the snippy? I don't know what, you, <laughs> what the per- <laughs> correct grammar there is, but how do you determine some of that kind of stuff? This actually just happened recently too. With wasn't there a, a snippet that we found, or that Ro- I think Ross, I think you found it, and that we had three possible songs that it could be. Yes, and and all I remember was one of them was Alice Cooper. I can't remember off the top of my head what the other two songs were, but yeah. it was like it could it could easily be any of these things, and there wasn't much more evidence other than the line, and it fit all of them. I don't even remember what we came up with for that. I re- sometimes go ahead, Ross. Well, I think we ended up deciding it was Alice Cooper one, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head either. But um, one of the things I try to do when it when I find a snippet that I'm not sure of, but it matches several songs it could be, then we at least I do. I have to play like detective. You know, it depends. Like, what city are they playing in? You know, maybe the the artist that he's snippeting is from that city. Or something like that. Right. Or is that person, is the person that, you know, did the original song, are they at the show? So it's like, you have to, sometimes you have to play det- detective to find out. And if one of, the, one of those things pops up, then, oh, that's probably why he was snippeting that. So it's a snippet of that person's song. Yeah, and sometimes uh, sometimes we have discussions uh, in that kind of situation, like, all right, there's three possibilities. Which one of these songs was Bono most likely to have heard as a kid, right? Like, you know, uh, he would know this artist, but he probably wouldn't know this song because this artist was just, you know, popular in, you know, in the West Coast of the U.S. You know, they had a hit, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of detective work like that. Yeah. You can also kind of go off of how what the melody is too. You know, sometimes you can listen to what Bono sings and then compare it to the options and just see which one sounds the closest as a clue. I have to. I don't know why. I was just thinking, like, of the four members of U two, I have to think the Edge would be the one who'd mo- be most interested in actually checking out U two tours in terms of like getting lost in some of these kind of details. But what do you guys think? Like, I would guess Bono, you know, is likes in the moment coming up with some of this snippet stuff and maybe works with Gavin Friday or whoever to sort of like find some inspiration for actually doing it. But the person who would actually be curious about what they did back in 89 on, you know, this stop or whatever, um, I think would be the edge. How about, how about you guys? Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Sounds I would about th- right. I, I would think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to flatter ourselves and let me, let's, you know, let us think that they're actually checking the website. But <laughs> if, if they were, I would guess edge as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss there? I'm curious how fans can help. Well, I'm curious, and I also know it's a, a line item in our notes, but <laughs> I before we end the show and stuff and, and move on, I guess, but um, is there anything else we need to discuss about the, the site? Anything you guys want to mention? Um, I would say, I mean, there's still some stuff that, that we're, that we're planning to add. Like we have this, we have this thing that you can do now on the site. You can go and create a fan profile, right? So you, you, you go to the, to tours.youtube.com and you click, I think their button says register and you know, your name, your email and all that sort of stuff. And once you've got your account set up, um, you can then go to all the, you know, find the show, all the shows that you've been to, and there'll be a, th- a text inserted right in the middle of that show that says something like, you know, John Doe did not attend this show. Click here to change that. And so you click, and you, so you just, you know, you click on all the shows you've been to, and then you have, uh, you end up with this fan profile page that lists all the shows you've been to, all the songs you've heard, all the snippets you've heard. Uh, it'll list. Uh, it'll link to all the reviews and photos you've uploaded to the site if you've uploaded any, 
And so we've got this database, this growing database of what fans were at specific shows. And so eventually I think we're going to add a thing where you can go to a specific show page and click a button and see all the fans that, you know, were at this show, sort of a, you know, community type building kind of thing. So there's, there's some, um, you know, there's, there's some stuff that we still, you know, plan to add. And if, if there's other stuff that fans want to see added, um, I would, you know, we're always welcome and open to ideas. And then there's some other ways that fans can help. And I'll let uh, Brian or Ross talk about, um, you know, one of the challenges we have with uh, shows that don't have set lists um, and that sort of stuff. Uh, well, if anyone, um, I, I hope that Chris will link to that unknown link that we have. Yeah. Um, there's a list probably a mile long of shows that do not have set lists because there's no known recordings um, that we would like help with. If someone has a recording that wants to share with us privately, just so we can add the set list to the database, that would be fantastic. We'd be over the moon. There is one thing I want to point out about that. There are probably a few um, examples of, of dates in that unknown list where um, there may be mislabeled or possibly even faked recordings out there where someone might say, well, you know, I have a recording from this date that's readily available, but we know from our own research and from our own listening that it's not actually from that date. And so, and hence, you know, it still remains as an unknown show. So uh, you may find some, if you're looking through it, you may find some shows that, you, that it seems as though there's a, a set list that exists for it, but we have determined that it really doesn't. Yeah, I, I got burned like that when I was collecting bootlegs on cassette tapes back, you know, in the early nineties. <laughs> you know, this person, person said, "Oh, I got this show from you know Germany, nineteen eighty one." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I need that." So when I finally got it, it's I would be listening to it, and I go, "You know, this kind of sounds just like the other show," and you can compare them, and you find it's the same, it's the same recording. So there are fake shows out there. Yeah, a lot of confusion that way too. And some stuff and, and, that's I was going to say like, you know, fairly recent stuff too in the in the 2000 2010. You know, I was I was sort of guessing it would be a lot of early 80s stuff, which it is primarily, but there is some stuff in the 2000 2010 2013, you know, stuff where um yeah, you just don't have a record of obviously. So and 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 I would just I would just to wrap up that that topic you know while we're you know how fans can help I would just say that we also need to thank all the fans that have already helped like we get tips on Twitter we get tips on email from people saying hey I was just listening to this show uh, we just had one a couple weeks ago where somebody discovered a really cool snippet that we had been missing. Um, and they just pinged us on Twitter and said, "Hey, take a listen to this and tell me if you agree that this, you know, that that this should be added." And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the you know, our our at you two, you know, readers and listeners have already been a huge help, and so we, you know, we need to say thanks for that. Yeah, definitely. Is the um, I just linked to it in the chat room, but I I'm not sure. Is it is the profiles public? Right. Yeah. So somebody can log in and see. Your your profiles or whatever. So maybe we'll yes. just for interest sake we'll put our own profiles in the in the uh, show notes, and then folks can uh, see the, check them out. Yeah. Someday I know we talked about this. I think way back when you we we talked about it on the previous episode of the show. But someday you'll you know we'll add some sort of like social media component where we can like connect two fans who are <laughs> at the same yeah, show exactly. or something like that or whatever. Exactly. In some sort of weird, creepy post <laughs> stalkerish kind of thing. <laughs> As most things on the internet sounded like a really good idea, and then you start thinking about it, like, why would that be cool? But anyways, um, <laughs> so that would be some great ways that you can you can help out. Um, did we say as far as like getting in touch with folks with you guys, the tours folks? Um, what's the best way for folks to get into touch with them? And uh, I kind of got lost in, in sort of searching my own profile there and figuring things out while you guys were discussing. <laughs> as if any fan, if you haven't done that yet, it really is a really cool way to because uh, I, you know. I know there's the hardcore fans who know exactly which concerts they were at and which songs they heard exactly and have it memorized because they, you know, sleep with the sticker or their ticket every night or whatever. And that's cool. But I get fuzzy sometimes. I'm like, did I really hear if you wear that velvet dress or whatever? And which, you know, where did I see it and stuff sometimes. But um, so it's worth signing up for and, and checking out 
the concerts that you were at and uh, and just seeing what other details that the tourist crew has thrown in there about that show that maybe you didn't even realize or maybe you've forgotten that happened since you were there. Um, but yeah, is there where should folks get in touch with you if they have a, an idea about an album or the or, or a concert or whatever that they saw? Uh, they, I mean, they can always ping us on Twitter. Uh, just you know, me personally, Matt at Matt McGee or the AU2 account ATU2. Um, I'll let Ross and Brian give out their Twitter Twitter handles themselves. And then there's also the uh, you know the contact form on at U2. It's I think it's just at u2.com/slash/contact, and they can send us an email that way. Very cool. Yeah. So Brian and Ross, why don't you? What's what are your Twitter handles for folks who have some opinions? <laughs> Uh, my Twitter handle is Brianovich the Fourth, which is B R I A N O V I C H I V. And this is Ross. You can reach Ross at at Ross G Perry. Nice. And uh, yeah, Matt, so you've, you said yours. I'm I Chris on Twitter, um, but I don't, I don't have anything to do with the tourist side. So other than. <laughs> Going on tour occasionally. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't go on tour. <laughs> going to a show. Um, we'll, uh, we'll in the future episodes we'll be talking about things like the survey results. More survey results coming out soon. Matt, anything to mention there? Um, no, not not. Specific. I, I I got another set uploaded on Sunday night, and hopefully get another batch uh, out this coming weekend. Nice. So we'll be yeah we'll be debating, discussing, and uh, opinionating. <laughs> Pining, yes. Opining, yeah, that would be the better way to say that. And uh, you can find us, as Matt mentioned, of course, at u2.com is where this website is. Twitter.com slash at u2, atu2, and goodstuff.fm slash atu2 slash 29 is where you can find this show and links we've discussed when we talk about that'll be in the show notes. That's where you can find that if your podcast player of choice doesn't automatically show you the links when you're playing and stuff, um, as some do. You can visit goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 29. And then there's also the Facebook community, facebook.com slash ATU. Let me try that again. <laughs> facebook.com slash <laughs> ATU2.com. And uh, which would be another, yeah, follow up, discuss the show, things we got right, things we got wrong, things you disagree with, uh, et cetera. So um, before we wrap up, I just want to mention thanks to Simon Peta once again for the intro and outro music that you will have heard and will be hearing probably as I'm talking right now. And uh, a link in the show notes will be to the sort of pr- creative process he had behind making the theme song. And also, if you are interested in submitting a song of some sort for a future episode, we'll be happy to sort of switch it out in a few weeks or a few episodes. Um, We'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly, chris at goodstuff.fm, or iChris on Twitter if you have questions about how that might go down. Um, anything else, Matt, before we wrap up? Nope. Uh, Ross and Brian, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. No, thank thanks you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was fun. Great to have you guys on. I'm sure we will, uh, something from this episode will spark another dis- debate or discussion that we can mm-hmm. just have on uh, another podcast, too. We don't need to just keep it hidden behind the slack wall. We can. Uh, argue in in public full view exactly (laughs) nothing wrong with a bloody nose over a snippet (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody for listening we'll see you again next time bye